Hey, everybody, this is Joe Chavaria, and you are listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you've gotten value out of these episodes, please, please, please rate this podcast and share with other people you think it'll help. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, welcome back. In this video, this is part two of how to begin preparing your credit. So this is kind of where you know you may already started part one, started to send off your dispute letters, kind of what to do after that. So um, in this video, I'm going to cover, you know, four, four, four things you could be doing once you got your dispute letters off to continue the process of, of, of building your credit, repairing your credit, what have you. And so if you haven't seen part one, I recommend you go and see that first, um, because a lot of this information I'm going to go, go over may not make a lot of sense unless you watched uh, part one. Um, also, before I dive in, I want to remind everybody to be sure to, to subscribe to my channel here so you can get the most up-to-date information related to, to credit content. I talk about you know some cases that are going on maybe between the bureaus and some debt collectors. A lot of these court cases have implications on how the law is interpret, uh, interpreted when it comes to the FDCPA or the FCRA. Um, it's good to know kind of what's going on and how to, how to, to, to basically apply a lot of these, uh, these uh, legal rulings and, and, and things you can do to take it not take advantage of it, but to know your rights and to enforce your, your consumer rights. Um, and of course, I talk about other stuff like credit scores and uh, mortgages and things like that. So talk about all that. So be sure to subscribe to receive updated content as I drop that. Um, also, before I dive in, my disclaimer, this is not legal advice. This is not financial advice. If you need the assistance of an attorney, seek one, seek legal counsel. If you need financial planning, seek a financial planner. I have no way, no shape or form providing legal advice or financial advice, uh, nor am I promising or guaranteeing any kind of uh, results or credit score improvement in this video. Do your own homework, do your own research. Um, you know, all you know, the results, individual results will, will, will vary. Uh, okay, so number one, when, when after you begin the process of, of sending out your dispute letters for your identifiers and for your accounts, and if you have any public records, um, next thing you want to do is, is basically begin to get organized, okay? Because what's going to happen is the credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, they're going to be they're going to reply back via regular mail, right? U, U.S. Postal Mail, they're going to be sending you documents. Sometimes electronic, majority of the time is going to be you know regular mail, right? So you want to be able to to save that information. Um, also, you want to save all the letters that you're sending out, okay? So if you're if you uh, if you're a print kind of person, maybe like a little manila folder or something to kind of keep all the documents that you're getting. You want to get two or three different manila folders, one for each bureau, uh, or you know, and maybe a couple of others for some debt collectors. That's fine too. Kind of keep that paper trail going. Uh, if you're a digital person, then you uh, you know basically you make sure you want to have like some kind of scanner or a cam scanner. Scan all the documents that are coming in. Save it to 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 a folder on your desktop or somewhere somewhere you know where it's at. Save all the letters in there. That's fine too. Just be sure to save everything that you're receiving and everything that you are sending. Um, also, I would recommend putting some reminders on your calendar or on your phone. Um, in 35-day increments. So when you mail out your first round uh, or your first set of dispute letters to the bureaus, um, you want to put a 35-day reminder to basically alert you to come back to your, your credit report, right? Because we're, we're, we're all human beings. We're busy in life. We're not going to just sit there and just anxiously wait for 30 days at a time and just kind of wonder and not do anything else in life. It's not going to happen. So many things are going on in our lives. We're busy. We, have, we all have busy lives. 
So you're going to go and do other things in life, but you got to remember to kind of come back to your credit file, kind of, kind of go back to this process and see where everything's at. So I recommend 35 days. Here's why. When you, when you send the letters out to through, through letter stream, or if you manually mail the letters out, once you mail those out, put a 35 day reminder and you can title it, you know, check credit or review credit progress, right? But do it for 35 days out. But why 35 days? Because you want to account for two, three, maybe even up to five days. We'll, we'll, we'll give we'll give the U.S. Postal Service five days to to get the the, the dispute letter to the bureau addresses. Okay, we'll give them five days. Normally it doesn't take that long, but let's just go ahead and give them five days because you never know. What if there's a storm? What if there's a disruption in delivery? Give them give them five days. Okay, but once once the letter has been received by Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, they have mail rooms and there's six to 10 like mail sorters or, or mail clerks, you want to call them that. And, you know, they, they receive anywhere between three to 10,000 uh, letters. I got this from a, from a, from a appeal court uh, hearing, uh, audio hearing that uh, against Equifax, they kind of talked about their process. They get three to 10,000 letters per day. There's mail, uh, mail clerks, six to 10 of them that are sorting through all the letters that, that come in. The, they open up the letters, they, they feed them through the uh, OCR, uh, which is which scans the letter in and, and then basically, you know, takes it from there. Right. So, you know, once they receive the letters, it's, it's going to be the same day that the dispute is going to be received. It's going to be, you know, trans trans uh, translated into like a like a code or some kind of some kind of, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be digitized. It will alert the, 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 the company that's being disputed. Right. If it's Chase or. Collection agency, uh, the credit reporting agencies will put that into their system, notify that agency you have a dispute. Uh, but it, it's not instant, but it's pretty quick. Okay, the, the bulk of the time for the dispute process to begin is the letters getting there in the first place. Well, of course, they have 30 days to investigate, but the, the, the bulk of time in terms of like the time clock starting, the 30 days time, time clock starting is going to come from the delivery of the dispute letter. Um, okay, so that's why I say 35 days, right? So that way, uh, it accounts for like five day mail delivery and 30 day investigation time. So set a reminder to come back. Um, and when you come back, what you're going to want to do is you're going to you want to check your credit monitoring site. If you subscribe to credit monitoring, like through Identity IQ or what have you, you want to check and see, OK, what's been deleted, what's still there. Right. You want to go back to your credit monitoring site to see, you know, an up to date report of everything that's going on. Also, you'll be receiving letters in the mail from the bureaus. And so you'll be able to they'll even tell you. What's, what's still in dispute or what's been deleted, what's still there. So you'll, you'll have a hard copy uh, of that as well. So that's, no, that's number one to this, this part two of the process is get organized, keep everything you receive, uh, stay, stay severely organized here, and, you know, set yourself reminders, stay on top of this, okay? Keep in mind, you're not gonna do this for you know, two, three years. This is gonna be a couple months, maybe two, three, maybe four or five months, right? Um, so it's not gonna take forever. It's gonna take a couple months of follow-up, but uh, you know, stay on top of it it's your credit you know for you know for uh, you know it, it's important right this is your this is your credit you need to stay on top of it. it's important um so number two is was while you're waiting for these investigation processes to take place build credit in the process okay so as you're working to repair and remove the negative data from your report you need to be building positive data at the same time so if 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 you have virtually zero credit, right, zero open credit, and I'm not talking about a car payment, I'm not counting that. That really that doesn't really help your credit too much. It helps, but not a whole lot. Okay. I'm talking about if you have you have zero open credit cards, okay, 
And I know that is probably like a derogatory term for some of you guys. You guys hate credit cards, but um, they're very helpful, right? Very, very useful when it comes to restoring your credit. A big part of that is because a major component of your credit score, roughly 30% of your score comes from utilization and or, or open available credit. And if you have zero open credit, then really this category of your score is basically like it's locked, right? You're not really tapping into it. So you want to unlock this component of your score, which can really help increase your score, um, which is called utilization in about 30%. And so what, how that works is let's say you have like a $300 credit limit card. Okay. And let's say that your balance is a hundred bucks, right? So roughly 33% of your, of your available credit is in use. Okay. Obviously the higher your balances are, the, the more, your, the higher utilization is going to be. And therefore, it's going to be not so good for your score. So you really want to show a lot of available credit. This is how that utilization component of your score is calculated. The more available credit you show, the more points you're going to receive. If you have no open credit whatsoever, again, that component of your score is basically it's locked. Okay, So you want to tap into that. And really, the only way to tap into that is by getting lines of credit or, or credit cards. Now, I know what you may be thinking is well my credit's bad no one will approve me for a credit card and, and and i definitely would not recommend you just go apply you know all over the place because more you know you're going to get denied quite a bit and those hard inquiries are going to be on your credit report so i i highly recommend starting off with a secured credit card especially if you have no open credit whatsoever a secure a secured credit card is basically where you're putting up the money as opposed to the bank putting up the risk right you're taking a risk on yourself you're putting up your money. The money goes into a non-escrow bearing, you know, savings account or non-escrow, you know, account basically, or non-interest bearing account rather, and it's there as a deposit. Okay, the the, the bank's not going to keep that money. If you close the account out, you get your money back. So basically, a deposit. Once that deposit is in the in the account, it is FDIC insured, by the way. The the bank will give you a a credit card, basically borrowed against that account, right? Again, your money, you're borrowing against your own money and the bank will issue you a credit card in that amount as your credit limit, okay? So again, you're really borrowing against your own self, right? your own money. So again, you're taking your risk. So this should be an automatic approval. There are some banks that check credit, still decline for, for secure credit cards. I have no idea why. Um, I'm gonna put a link to a description in the description where for a secure credit card company that I recommend called Open Sky Visa. Put the link below. Um, Open Sky Visa does not run a credit check. Um, you do have to, you know, you have to provide your social so they can locate your file and, and, and all that and get the information reported to to bureaus. Um, but you know, your credit limit is determined by the amount of money you put down. Their minimum is two hundred. I would recommend doing that or three. You know, the more better, right? But uh, you know, two is the minimum. Two hundred bucks is the minimum. At least do that. And again, if you ever close the account out, you get your money back. Now, I don't recommend closing the account out. Just kind of count it as like this is going to be for for my credit building purposes, and, and and if I do get in a pickle and I need that money back, then you know I'll close the account and you know get the 200, 300 bucks you know cash out of it. That's fine. You know I'm, I'm totally with you on that. But the reason why I say you probably want to avoid trying to close it out is because you also want to build history. The longer you build history, the stronger your your length of history is going to be for your, for your credit score, which is about fifteen percent of your score. So the longer you build credit, and the longer you maintain good payments, that's also going to build your, your credit score. Uh, and the other thing that revolving credit or, or you know credit cards help you with is uh, is the mix of credit component of your score, which is about ten percent. 
So, so FICO and even Vantage will uh, will reward consumers who kind of kind of diversify their their credit portfolio, if you will. They they show that they can they can they demonstrate that they can handle all types of credit, right? They can handle installment, which are like your your car payments or your auto loans, um, your your cons accounts, or any of you know you know basically basically it's like a furniture account or, or an account where you go and you finance something. You can't use more of that money once they give you that that loan or that 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 financing. You're paying it back over a certain period of time. Those are called installment payments. That's kind of an installment account. But see, you handle installment, you handle revolving. Uh, maybe you get a mortgage at some point. You know, there's there's a benefits there to demonstrating you can handle all types of accounts, right? So again, if you have zero open credit, your your credit score is going to be greatly impacted in a positive direction when you just open up an account, right? You tap into that utilization component that's been locked. You start to diversify your credit portfolio, which again, that's about 10% right there. Um, you're demonstrating you can handle all kinds of credit and then you build history, right? That's gonna strengthen your length of history. All that ties into it. That's why I'm a big proponent of getting like a secure credit card or, or, or credit card, right? Because you know, that's gonna help you really, really build your, your, your credit. Um, so again, I, I recommend Open Sky Visa. Put the link in the description. There's also I would even recommend one more. If you have again, you have zero, right? Zero open accounts whatsoever. I would recommend a secured card. And there's a company called My Jewelers Club, and uh, My Jewelers Club will give you up to a five thousand dollar line of credit. Now it's not a credit card. You can't really use it anywhere. You use it on their website to buy jewelry. Um, they'll approve you for up to five thousand. I believe they report to two bureaus. Some, you know, it's kind of it's either two bureaus or three. It kind of changes from time to time depending on the relationship with the bureau that month. Uh, but most, but for sure, at least two, at least two bureaus they report to. And and by the way, Open Sky Visa reports to all three uh, bureaus. And so the the online jewelry account, you buy jewelry on their site. I would recommend probably spending you know 100, 200 bucks, something minimal, right? So that way you have all that available credit again, helping your utilization. And just make your monthly payments on it, kind of build some credit. But that you know, having two accounts with so much available credit is going to improve your utilization component of your score. Again, you're diversifying your credit portfolio even more by having more than one revolving account, and you're going to continue to build history. So I would recommend two um, credit builders, if you want to call it that, while you're repairing your credit if you have zero. Now, if you have one, let's say you already have a secure credit card, great. I would probably even add that my jewelers account to it. Um, or or not, or just kind of wait to your credit progress a little bit more and get yourself a second, you know, credit card, maybe with Capital One or Credit One Bank. Um, some of those guys that, that do um, credit cards, you know, for you know, lower limits, lower score requirements. Those are some good companies you know, as well. But try to get to at least two revolving accounts, right? Um, now, if you already have two revolving accounts, then really you just got to focus on paying down your balances, okay? So let's say you have open accounts, but the balances are high. Focus on getting your credit card balances paid down. That, that's going to be something that's going to really help out your credit uh all right so uh, once once uh, once you're doing that right and while you're building credit while you're waiting for the investigations to 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 be done go ahead and and you're going to want to start to review your results okay so once the results begin to trickle in by mail um, and online you want to review the results that are coming in so the first thing you want to review for is obviously deletions right you want to see what accounts have been deleted and make note of that because obviously you're not going to dispute that account again because it's already been deleted. So just mark chalk that up as a win. That's a victory. That account's been deleted, um, and by now your credit should have progressed, should have increased. Obviously, if it didn't, there's other factors to consider. Any other late payments that occurred recently, inquiries, uh, higher balances, things like that, new collections that may have reported. But assuming none of that happened, your credit profile has obviously just gotten better, right? So so review the responses that came in. Take note of what's been deleted. 
What has not been deleted, it will, will reference either verified or remains. Um, so take note of that and look at the report to see, look for, look for really one, to see the account is still there. And then, and then two, look for what's called a possible Metro 2 violation. Okay, so, so Metro 2 is the data format that the bureaus are required to, to report it, right? It, it's, you know, basically the format you see, like name of the account, account number, original creditor, uh, high balance, you know, credit limit, uh, the, the history, right? There's, 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 there's a bunch of pieces of information that must be completed or filled in, um, which would make the account Metro 2 compliant. 100% Metro 2 satisfactory. And not a lot of people know about this, right? So if you, if you, and this is really a standard the bureaus kind of impose to themselves, right? This is one of the ways they, they self-regulated and said that we're going to abide by this, this, this code, which is called Metro 2. And this is how all the data, uh, all the credit related data, this is the format we're going to use moving forward. So they retired Metro 1 or Metro Classic, which is Metro, and they've implemented Metro 2. So if you go through your report and you notice that there's certain fields that are missing, you know, specifically pay attention to the collection accounts. Um, if you notice that there's fields that are missing, right, not all those fields are, are filled in, then you'd have a strong argument for a Metro 2 violation. So those accounts that are not Metro 2 compliant, and I'll put a link in, in here as well to kind of brush up on, on Metro 2 policies. Um, or you can just Google Metro 2, you know, you may be able to get some research done on that. Um, not a lot of material out there because they're obviously not wanting to release a lot of that to the public. Um, so I'll put something in the description to, to, to help you. But the ones that are the ones that are that to you are not Metro 2 compliant. Take note of that. Highlight that. Whatever you want to do, and those are going to be the ones that you're going to you're going to put on your your next set of dispute letters. Okay. So on your next set of dispute letters, you're going to want to redispute again any addresses or names that have not been removed. Just you can send that same letter you used before. Just change the the date on that, use that same letter, name, same, same address, send that off. And then for the, the accounts that remain, your, your letter needs to reference that that account is not Metro 2 compliant, okay? We'll talk about why, right? Say the, the balance is, 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 is not uh, filled in or the original creditor is not filled in. Um, according to your guidelines, Metro 2 guidelines, this information is not Metro 2 compliant. And because it's not Metro 2 compliant, I demand that this account be deleted for violation. That's going to be your argument that time. Okay. Now, if the account is Metro 2 compliant, um, or if it's not, that's the letter you send out for your second follow up. And then again, do a 35 day uh, follow up, right? Do a 35 day alert to check back on everything. Okay. If the account is Metro 2 compliant, then what you need to do is called send a, a debt validation notice directly to the debt collector. And that's where you won't contact the bureaus in this case, you're gonna contact those companies directly. So if you have some collection agencies on there, you're gonna send them a letter directly. And in this debt validation notice, and by the way, you can get the template on my site, I'll put the link in there not to get that. But on the debt validation notice, you are, um, you're basically asking that specific debt collector to supply a couple of documents your way. Number one, um, you know, any evidence or proof of the debt that you legally owe the debt. So, so provide some kind of proof or evidence that I do, in fact, owe it. Uh, a signed sales contract, uh, just something, something to justify your position that I legally owe this debt. Um, many, ca many cases, debt collectors, if they're third party debt collectors, they may not have this information or they may have an internal policy, which is if a consumer asks for this, just delete the account. Don't even mess with it. 
that we don't want to get caught in an FDCPA violation. Um, so simply ask for that information. You're asking for proof of the debt, proof that it belongs to you, uh, proof of their ability like or their license to even be able to collect this type of debt in their state. Um, if they're a debt buyer, which would be like Midland, Portfolio, uh, LV, NV Funding, some of these guys, then you also want to request proof that they legally purchased the debt, right? Like the proof of the purchase and sell agreement, um, proof that they have uh, tangible evidence of the debt as well. So you want to kind of call them out on, on those kind of things. Now, for any kind of, usually with third-party debt collectors, uh, not all the time, but sometimes, uh, that letter itself is going to provoke a deletion, right? Because like I said, many of them don't, they, they probably have a policy where they don't mess with the, this kind of stuff. They're just kind of hoping that, they, you know, and, and this is true, the majority of the consumers don't ask for this stuff. So they just call in, make a payment, or they just get, you know, they just get that moved into a payment. That's what happens, right? Most consumers don't ask for this information because they just don't know. So they may have a policy where when you ask for this information, they flat out don't even want to mess with it. It may just be a deletion for you. But if you didn't ask, right, if you didn't do that, then that would have never happened. And then it's kind of curious to be like, maybe their policy is respond to the bureau, but if a consumer does it, then delete the account. That's why you want to follow up directly with the debt collectors, okay? And, and some of them will reply. Some of them will respond back with data, right, or some documents. Again, you want to organize this, you want to go through it. But if you see anything in, 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 in the, you know, anything that they provide to you that seems fishy or questionable, this is where I would recommend partnering up with an FDCPA attorney. And so I would recommend doing like a Google search, FDCPA attorney near me, um, keep all your documents, make a couple phone calls. They'll probably say, hey, send me the letters you receive. I'm telling you, attorneys that specialize in, in, in FDCPA practices, uh, they love this stuff, right? They don't like doing all the hard work, kind of what you just did. But if you can present some letters, some debt collector letters, and they can, they'll, they'll be happy to review it for you. Especially if they see, oh, this is a, this could be a case here. This could be something here. Um, and in many cases, they don't charge you anything. They'll make their fee in 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 the settlement that they'll reach with the debt collector, right? Because as the FDCPA uh, law reads today, uh, any infraction of the FDCPA, the debt collector is liable up to a thousand dollars per infraction. Okay, so there's multiple infractions, obviously it's gonna rack up. Um, so many cases, you know, an FDCPA attorney could make, you know, three, four grand on this. You, you would even get some money on this as well. Um, so let's say it's like a seven grand, you know, possible infraction, maybe the attorneys will say, we'll settle for three, you know, and, and call it a day. The attorney may keep half, you keep the other half, right? So that's where the attorneys get paid. And so again, they're happy to review the letters. If they're not, I'd be pretty shocked. And, and, and maybe they're not, maybe they're not, maybe because they probably don't really do a lot of it, they don't know about it. But uh, find yourself a good FDCPA attorney in your area and, uh, and you know, keep all the letters, send them to them for the review. And if there's an FDCPA, uh, FDCPA case, they'll tell you. Um, if there's not, then uh, some of them will say, well, if you'd like, we can help you settle this debt out and get a letter of deletion. That's fine too. I would I would recommend uh, recommend that um, if that's a possibility, right? So you know if you want to you want to you know maybe maybe there's no case, there's no argument, wasn't deleted with the bureaus, they validated that pretty pretty well. There's really no case there for a deletion, uh, but maybe the debt collector say, well, if you, if you pay us fifty percent of what you owe or seventy five percent of what you owe, um, and we do payment plans that we needed, we'll go ahead and delete the account once the account satisfied that's still going to lead to a deletion right that's still it's still not a bad thing again you're not having to do that on all the accounts but you may do that on an account or two to just further the, the process of, of rebuilding recurring credit all right so um that's that's my time for this video if you do like this video if you like the content be sure to like uh, like this video 
again, subscribe to get updated uh, content that I, that I do release and provide. Um, also, check out the links in the description for some helpful resources. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. I'm Joe Chavaria. I'll see you on the next video. Take care, guys. Hey, guys. Just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you received any value of any of these episodes, please, 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 por favor, rate this podcast and share it with other people you'll think it'll benefit. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cup of Joe. I'll see you on the next one, guys.